0: So this is the end of the world. Pretty weird, right? No, wait! Hang on before you run away screaming. I know exactly what you're thinking. Uh, probably. 60-40? Let's just take this slow. I promise it'll be a lot easier if I just go ahead and break down the fourth wall now. Yeah, it's gonna be that kind of story. Anyway, I'm Hannah. I was 32 when the world ended, so let's just go with that, yeah? Great. I love reading, listening to music, swimming, oh, and good sushi. Oh, and Italian. I'm pretty much a big ol' sucker for a plate of gnocchi gorgonzola. Ideally, shared by candlelight with a special lady. That's right, gentlemen, no need to apply. Not that I'm exactly in demand these days. That's because, as I'm sure you've probably noticed by now, I'm a zombie. Might even be the last one. That's right, friendo. That pigeon that I'm eating right as we have this lovely afternoon chat wasn't exactly my first choice. Or my second choice, for that matter. But we'll get to all that, I promise. Just stick with me. So. A long, long time ago, the world was filled with humans. Towns and cities. You know, the whole civilization thing? I'm sure you remember, right? Anyway, people had families and went on vacation. It wasn't perfect. And people sort of sucked. But. At least we had things like uh, shampoo and ice cream. Uh, naturally, someone had to go and f- f- fudge that all up. So, da da zombies happened. Nobody ever really got the full story on why zombies happened, just that they did, of course. That would inevitably lead to World War Z, which would look a lot different than the book and yet hold some surprising similarities at the same time. One of the biggest and definitely suckiest exceptions was when things got really bad, humans started deploying these just asshole robots to take care of us. Advanced asshole robots, to be more exact. Which, to the surprise of absolutely no science fiction fan ever, Of course, went Skynet on everybody, almost immediately, both human and zombie alike. But that's a story we'll get into later. So, let's just focus on us for a second, before we get sidetracked again. (laughs) You know, I don't know if every zombie has bitchin' internal monologue like I do. Wait, bitchin' isn't a swear, is it? I try not to curse what i mean to say is we don't exactly have a secret language or anything to compare notes so my zombie expertise really only goes as far as what i know about me or her uh us anyway if you're wondering how we stack up to old hollywood zombies we're more runners than we are shamblers or walkers we love loud noises and shiny things unlike the romero era we don't really ride, thanks to this cranked-up Wolverine-like regeneration. It does get pretty gross if someone hurts me, though. Because instead of healing, we just kind of regrow body parts, as old ones kind of fall off. It's not pretty. And if the damage is too much, sometimes things grow back wrong. It's as if our bodies forget what we're supposed to look like. Fortunately, we have been able to keep this body mostly unbusted. Speaking about not-so-pretty, zombies come in a variety of sickly shades, ranging from ghoulish green to a putrid purple, or even a ghastly gray. So, yeah, eat your heart out, audience. This particular shade of seasick green dead girl pallor is all natural. Hmm, What else? Oh, duh. The reason I'm pretty sure I'm the last of us is because zombies are attracted to other zombies. Not like, uh, sexually. That is a visual I did not need in my own life. Ugh. But physically. We're pet creatures, so when we get within a few miles of each other, we sort of just, um, coagulate. Ugh. I honestly could have picked a better, less gross way to put that, but here we are. I stand by my choices. Truth is... Though you might not know it by looking back at the records of seemingly rage-induced hordes of zombies, we actually get really happy when we're together. Unfortunately, we also get really hungry when we're together. I'm not even sure why we eat people and things, to tell you the truth. I never really felt like I'm eating because I need to. Food doesn't help fuel us like it does humans, so... Well, as far as I figure, it's how we show we're happy. Or, eh, want to be happy. You, dear listener, are our dragon sushi roll binge after a rough day. Oh, I suppose you could even say meat is our love language. Pretty messed up, right? Really changes how you see zombies, doesn't it? Well, hold on tight, because I am not done blowing your actual mind. <clears throat> Fine. Maybe it's not going to blow your mind, but... Let's get back to me and my hearty helping of Pigeon Delight. I can't exactly control most of the things Zombie Me does. and basically what amounts to a backseat driver in my own body. Or maybe it's her body at this point. I'm 90% sure she's had it longer than I did. It's hard to tell precisely how long I've been like this. And if we're being honest, that's been less than easy to deal with. You learn to kind of just go with it after a while, I think. Like, do I feel bad for eating a family of four when I was new? You bet. Not exactly my favorite memory. Ugh. But eventually, you learn that zombie me is just going to do what zombie me does. After you accept that, the horror of it all kind of gets pretty normal. Which makes sense, right? That your brain either normalizes these things or you go crazy. (sighs) It could be that it probably does a bit of both. All I know for sure is that if I've got to be stuck in the head of a zombie, then I'm gonna do everything I can to get comfortable. Which isn't much, but I have managed to figure out some things. For one, I've gotten pretty good at steering her over the years, as weird as that sounds. Like, sometimes I can stop her from doing something truly stupid. I'm able to get her to stand in the rain so we can shower. And then other times I've been able to get her to put on earphones so that we can listen to music together. Which I think only works because she forgets where the music is actually coming from. My wants are pretty simple these days, and my triumphs, fairly small. So, even just getting her to listen to me for a moment feels like a monumental achievement. Most of the time, it plays out more like me mentally screaming my wants and needs into a bottomless void while she tries to catch subsequently-eat butterfly. Which kind of sounds like my pre-zombie romantic life, honestly. Oh, hey, we're moving again. Great. That's great. Done with second breakfast and on to I'm sure. You know what? You might just want to check back in on us later. I have a feeling you have somewhere else to be.
1: Punch it. <clears throat> <clears throat> Scout entry seven seven twenty-one eighty-two, Cali checking in. Um clearing the Toronto ruins before heading back to the Detroit Badlands. Everything's five by five. Nothing really worth reporting about up here. I found a community at the Eaton Center that was mostly just people trying to get by, living in between kill zones. That would make them the only other sizable outpost worth talking about up here, apart from the McMaster settlement back in Hamilton. Oh, that place was the tits, honestly. At least as far as the other places I've been through over the last couple years. Got to refuel the land spinner there, own the local kids at this neat little arcade they had, and I finally managed to get that screwy hover coil fixed up. To be fair, they're doing all right up here overall, but still nothing like the setup we have at Golden Gate. I am, however, happy to report that the rumors are true, the Canadian remnants do indeed make some good beer. (laughs) Still not sure it's better than ours, but it did help with the lingering and, might I say, unwelcome pangs of homesickness a bit. So, uh, yeah, let's just chalk Toronto up as a big old write-off overall. The machines still have it locked down tight. All the old zoning seems to be largely intact, so it was easy enough to navigate. The locals tell me that the robots are up to you know, mostly the same old robot things they always are, manufacturing new bots, annihilating both scavengers and wildlife indiscriminately while just... generally making life shitty for everyone who's not a tin can. Still no zombies, though. Which is an ongoing plus, that makes it, like, like over a year now since we've had any form of the virus? Mutated or otherwise? But on the negative side, it's been three months since I've had even the slightest contact with any of our scouts. Last blip and upload on the reader was in Maine, and even that wasn't verbal confirmation. <sighs> oh boy, which means, technically, that it's time to come home. Ah, that's fucked up, right? On one hand, I'm complaining about being homesick, yet here I am on the other, bitching to myself about actually going back. I I guess I... I was just so sure that there would be more out here than this. Yeah, yeah, Golden Gate is great, and we have it better than basically anywhere else I've been, but... Still, I joined up with Scouting Ops because I had to believe there was something more out here. Some bigger settlement? uh, People who had their shit together? I don't know that just nothing! There's just nothing. I don't even get to come back home with some old world artifact or something, something cool like the other units did after their long holes when I was a kid. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe this is just it. No more adventures or surprises. No new zombie strains or strange mutants. Golden Gate goes on to become the hub of North American reclamation, all zombies dead, and a general overall understanding that the bots aren't budging from their zones anytime soon due to a lack of both ambition and creativity. No more wonder. No more mystery. And no new horizons. I, uh, need to remember to delete this part before uploading it to the sat-log. Can't let the boys back home see my throat. No weakness. Cigar smoking, bubblegum chewing, tank girl, wannabe Callie doesn't get to have a sentimental side. Yeah, that's how they get you to settle down. Wife you up and file you in with all the other wholesome prefab families destined to resettle America. can't think of anything I want to do less with my life, honestly. So uh, best to do what I say, stay feral. If they push it, pop their best suitor in the nose with a quick rabbit punch and smoke more cigars for good measure. The sweater-vest-wearing breeders will label you as absolutely unfuckable when they find out you're an actual real person and not willing to volunteer for tomorrow's great hope. <sighs> I'll Pass on that shit, please. <clears throat> I'd also like to state for the record that I'm, I'm not a tank girl wannabe. I just think pre-apocalypse comics that get everything wrong about the actual apocalypse are fun as fuck. Also, try to tell me, this old aviator cap is not a goddamn luck. Wouldn't exactly be opposed to installing a big-ass cannon on the spinner, though. Paying absolutely no attention to the very real promise that mounting a machine gun would easily tip this heap over budget in regards to terribly fickle weight allowance. But hey, 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 a girl can dream, right? Oh, Callie signing off.
2: Hello, listener. I'm glad you can join Hannah and Callie for our premiere episode of the new show. Their journey is just beginning, and so too is ours. So remember to check back soon. Hannah Apocalypse has been brought to you by Red Fathom Entertainment and is a proud member of the Fable and Folly Network. This episode was brought to you by the talents of our wonderful cast and crew, all of which can be found in the show notes as well as on our official webpage, www.redfathom.com slash Hanapocalypse. we'd love it if you'd stop by and fix us up with a follow on socials you can find us on twitter at hannahpactical and now new and reworked on instagram as red fathom if you like what you hear so far and would like to support the show as well as other future productions like it you can find us on patreon at patreon.com slash red fathom Patreon is, of course, a service that allows you to pitch us some money on a monthly basis in exchange for some extra material and content. Every dollar goes into paying our talent and improving the show, helping us bring stories like this one out of post apocalyptia and straight into your earholes. Enough of that, though. Until next time, listener.
0: The Fable and Folly Network,
1: where fiction producers flourish. In June of 2020, an amateur podcaster disappeared from the Carson National Forest while searching for the legendary Thin Treasure. But he was adamant that he was onto something big. He was obsessed. He showed her some hand-drawn map to a treasure out in northern New Mexico. The subjective truth is part treasure hunt, part paranormal docudrama. Starring Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson. Back at home, I
0: placed the box on the counter, and I just stared at it for a while. You'd never be able to guess its social impact on the
1: human race by looking at its simplistic design. UFOs, ghosts, reincarnation, and liars. This is The Subjective Truth. Subscribe now. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.